Jody Vanson for Mike Smith this week. Thanks for being along with us. You know what 10 a.m. means. 10 a.m. means Baldry's Beat. We welcome Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief, of course. Hello, Keith. Good to be here, Jody. I want to jump right into what you might expect uh, this afternoon. 1.30, right? 1.30 is the press briefing with Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix. Yes, we're in a critical time uh, right now because it's now more than two weeks since the big surge in uh, cases started to happen. And there's usually a two to three week lag between cases and hospitalizations. So the big number to look at today, and we're going to get a big case number. There's no question. It's over 4,000, over 5,000. But numbers to really look for this afternoon is hospitalizations and ICU numbers and see what happened to those numbers over the weekend when we had, again, a lag time from thousands of cases. Does that translate into more hospitalizations of a significant number or more ICU cases? We're seeing some of that in Ontario and Quebec. Part of that may be tied to the lingering Delta variant in those provinces, which seems to be in here in, in BC. So our numbers are seeing Omicron is on the rise. Does that translate into more hospitalizations? Or is it going to show what's playing out in other jurisdictions that, yes, there's lots of Omicron out there, but it doesn't necessarily translate into severe outcomes of getting the virus, including hospitalizations or ICU. So that's, those are the numbers to look for this afternoon. It's not just the case number. More importantly, it's the hospitalization and ICU numbers. Are we getting any intel on that? Because you and I, we get the releases. We look at them every day. We go to the dashboard. We're trying to, you, you are very good at yeah. disseminating information from the dash, dashboard. I find it really complex. <laughs> well, the dashboard this is the dashboard for Center for Disease Control. Uh, it hasn't updated since Friday. So we hope to get an update on that later this afternoon. Every day, the hospitalization number is reported. But the dashboard also shows the overall number of people going into hospital. Because people come right. out of hospital all the time. You go yeah. in, you go out. Um, on Friday, it showed the biggest jump in one-day hospitalization uh, for quite some time, 56, Thursday to Friday. We've been averaging about 15 to 20 people a day going into hospital. Of course, people are coming out of hospital. Um, and that was a big jump. And we'll see if that number was a, was a, a data correction, which happens sometimes. The health authority just restates its numbers. Or yeah. if it's the clue to something else is going on. So we'll see if, um, you know, I think we peaked in November uh, at about two, 300, well, close to 300 people a, a week going to the hospital. Um, and we're not anywhere near that. Our numbers have been going down. So we'll see if they're starting to go up again. Hopefully they're not. Okay, I want to open up the phone lines because I know uh, we've got a lot of people that are going to have a lot of questions. So let's let's get the phone lines open, if you don't mind, Tim French there, 604-280-9898. Star 9898 is a free call on your cell phone. If you've got a question for Keith Baldry, we'll do an entire segment of your calls for Keith. Let's talk more about uh, the booster rollout. And, I mean, it does... Even since yesterday when we spoke at this time, it feels as though it is ramping up in a meaningful way. So many pharmacies are coming on stream now as to be part of the program. We're, it's like we're, what we were talking yesterday. It's almost as if we're back at the beginning of the vaccination program because we're, we haven't hit a million people yet. I think on Friday it was 900,000, more than 900,000 people have received their booster doses. We're trying to get to well more than 4 million people. Um, so if you've, got, if you've gone 182 days, 183 days past your second dose, you are eligible for a, for a booster. And just anecdotally, again, more and more people are, are I'm running into or I'm talking to are getting their boosters. Either they've got them, 
they've got the, the dose or they've been able to book an appointment in a relatively short period of time, you know, so. Uh, you're not going to necessarily get it tomorrow. Um, but that does happen to some people, and some people just walk into a pharmacy and are able to receive a, a dose as well. So we're expect to have 1,100 pharmacies uh, part of the program by the end of this month. Uh, also, uh, word went out to, uh, if you recall, back in the first and second dose uh, part of the program, so many retired medical, uh, frontline medical workers and, and trained st- staff who had been trained to, to immunize people were asked to come in, you know, out of retirement or be seconded from other jobs and to be part of this mass vaccination effort. Then they went back to the job or they went back to retirement as the number of vaccinations slowed considerably the last few months. Now they've been asked to come back. And as of Friday, Dr. Penny Bell, the head of the program, said 1,100 people wrote that email that ticked yes in the box and said, oh, I'll be back. So they're going to be they're going to be staffing sports arenas, convention centers, and uh, all sorts of municipalities around the provinces. Literally, we're ramping up to the state we were in at the beginning of this with first and second doses. As we uh, line up people on the phone board, 604-280-9898, star 9898, a free call on your cell. I have a question. I'm not sure if you can even answer this one, but we're hearing about other jurisdictions around North America, largely a, a U.S story, I think, is how many of the quote-unquote hospitalization numbers aren't people going to hospital with COVID-19 symptoms, aren't going with Omicron necessarily, but going through the screening process uh, as they enter into the hospital for some other condition, for some other reason, and are identified as test case positive. How do we count that here in Canada? Are they are they a it hospitalization? Varies. It varies from... Uh, province to province, you know, for example, Ontario, not all hospitals report in their cases in the same way. Like here in BC, it's, it's a, it's a one size, it's one stop shopping. You get all the hospital numbers all up. Ontario, you get them in bits and pieces because not all hospitals report on the weekend, for example. Washington State, some hospitals don't report at all. Uh, right. what their hospitalization part. So it's basically it's it's the classification system is a bit complicated in, um, in various jurisdictions. My understanding in BC is you go into hospital with COVID, um, you can go into hospital with a broken leg, and if your if your tests go at, while you're in hospital for COVID, you're classified as a COVID patient. Also, right. when you die uh, of COVID, you can die with COVID or you can die of COVID. Many people who die in their 90s, for example, are in frail uh, health and they have underlying health conditions. So they're cla- if they died and they tested positive and they're an active case, they're classified as a COVID death, even though they may have died of heart failure or congestive mm-hmm. heart failure or something like right. that. But you, die, you can die of COVID or you can die with COVID. And with that's COVID. applied to a number of people in long-term care. Interesting. Okay, thank you for that clarification, uh, Keith. I'm Jody Vanson for Mike This Week. Reminder, 1.30 press briefing today. Dr. Bonnie Henry, Health Minister Adrian Dix, and Keith Baldry's Baldry's Beat uh, talking about uh, what we might expect today. Uh, it, every briefing, we were hoping that the tension around these briefings would have waned, not our immunity. <laughs> Sorry for that. Um, but here we are yet again, you know, will there be more restrictions? I've heard Richard Zussman um, reporting on, you know, the, the concerns of that. Um, 
that there might be some additional guidance um, and, and maybe there's some pressure, particularly, are we hearing around Canucks games? People still up in arms that there is a Canucks game scheduled, uh, but they can't go to the gym. Yeah, that's a, that's a uh, bit of um, puzzlement for a number of people. Why can you know nine thousand people go into the arena to watch a Canucks game, but you can't uh, have crowds like that pretty well anywhere else? Yeah. Uh, so that may be a topic of discussion with Dr. Henry today. Other than that, I don't anticipate many more restrictions right now. I think it's uh, see where they where they go. Um, I don't think we're going to approach what Ontario is doing in terms of closing restaurants. Our in in person dining and uh, indoor dining, uh, we may get there. You know, you never know. But again, I think the trigger for anything will be the hospitalizations and ICU. The number one uh, goal here is to prevent uh, the overwhelming of the healthcare system, which means right. not just beds. It also means overwhelming frontline staff. If we have eight thousand cases a day, which is entirely conceivable down the road. If even 1% of those people become hospitalized, that's still a big number. I've often said a small percentage of a big number translates into a big number, and that can overwhelm the system, and that's what we're, we're trying to prevent from happening. That's why Ontario did what they did, because their hospitalization and ICU numbers are, are surpassing ours on a real basis and also a per capita basis, and we don't want that to happen in BC. So like I say, nothing's ever off the table, but right. I don't see massive restrictions coming today. But we're watching out for those hospitalization and ICU numbers closely at today's briefing again, one you'll hear it right here on CKNW on the Jill Bennett show. Uh, so be turn- tuned in at one time to take some calls for you. Keith Baldry, 604-280-9898 star 9898 is a free call on your cell. We start in Langley with Chris. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Keith, I don't know if you have the numbers or the answer that I'm looking for, but, uh, double vaxxed trying to follow this thing uh trying to understand it just like you basically uh before omicron we had delta uh we had the waning immunity uh issue and we started the booster program now we got omicron and this is immune evasive this is a variant mm-hmm. that evades immunity and 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 infecting vaccinated people and people previously being infected um so where, how, like, and, and it also uh, it relates to uh, less severe outcomes. The, the disease does mm-hmm. not, the, the vaccine. So, and it goes back to Delta two. How do we give credit to the, the vaccine? Like in the past when it was 99% people recovered and now we get people who get it and they say, wow, you know, I, I have went through it. I almost died, but I survived thanks to the vaccine. Well, no, you probably would have survived without it. And again, I'm not Can you say that I'm though? Sorry, but yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. But, but, can you, but can you can you say it the other way too? I mean, you can say that. Yeah, you can't say that. But you also can't say no, it the no. other way. So why does it just go straight to we're giving the credit to now the booster for for Omicron beating down Omicron when actually Omicron evades immunity but also causes less severe outcomes? So would it not be the fact that the the disease itself is is waning uh, for the outcomes and and not the booster? I mean, again, I'm not saying don't go get the booster. I'm just trying to understand why we're giving so much credit to the booster in this well, situation. A, I'm not sure we're giving a lot of credit to the booster just yet because not a lot of people have the booster. Like I say, there's four and a half million people eligible. Or less than a million people have received the booster. Ninety percent of the population is double dosed. If none of us were double dosed, if none of us were vaccinated, the death rate would most assuredly be extremely much higher than it is now, as would hospitalizations. Uh, and that's associated with the Delta variant. 
uh, early days, early data does show that Omicron is less severe, but it doesn't necessarily uh, um, mean that your double dose, even with your boost, that you're going to avoid Omicron. In fact, uh, Omicron is probably going to burn its way through the population with very large numbers, including people who have been boosted. I know people who received their third dose and have already tested positive. Um, that's yeah. going to happen, but they're not in hospital and they're not really sick and they're not going to die. And that's the protection of vaccines. And that's a really important piece of this. And Chris, and, and I'm sorry for, for jumping in there, but it's an important part of it when when people want to say there's both sides to this discussion. We had Dr. Peter Hotez on earlier on the program. He is a vaccinologist. Uh, he is the dean at, of, mm-hmm. of, of microbiology and virology at the Baylor School of Medicine. This is a man who's one of a, a team of two have created a vaccine that is now approved for emergency use in India and is going to help vaccinate, um, you know, third world countries, millions upon millions of people. And I asked him, you know, just just is there a way to sort of give us a number when it comes to, you know, hospitalization, severe illness, hospitalization and and mortality? Um, what are the what are the percentage or what are the numbers looking like for people who are unvaccinated? And he said three quarters, three quarters of the people with severe illness, hospitalization or death, three quarters of those people unvaccinated. Yeah. That yeah, is you a can huge see that, number. You can see that in the Center for Disease Control updates all the time. Eighty percent of the people in ICUs are unvaccinated people. They're the most sick people. They're the people on artificial breathing machines for the most part. And again, that number has been consistent. 75, 80, 85% of the people in ICU are unvaccinated on any given day. Which is the real world data, I think, going back to Chris and Langley. And I love that you called in, Chris, because a lot of people have that question. A lot of people are confused by that. I do not think that you are anti-anything. It is that feeling of, well, what would have happened if you just didn't have the vaccine? Mm-hmm. Well, if it, it, the, Our hospitalizations would be exponentially higher. The severe outcomes would be exponentially higher, certainly with Delta. Let's go to Kelsey in Vancouver. You're up next, Kelsey. Welcome. Mom got her booster a couple days ago. She went into her local pharmacy, and they gave her a full dose of Moderna, and she was expecting a booster dose. I'm just wondering if you guys have heard of that happening to others, and if that's what they were switching to now, maybe with Omicron. How old was she? 66. 56? Um, Yeah, so I... Uh, I got a half dose of Moderna. Most, my understanding is everyone under the age of 70 is getting a, a half dose of Moderna and a full dose of Pfizer. Uh, we had a caller in the other day, and others responded by email saying that they were over 70, so they were given a full dose of Moderna. So, again, I'm not an immunologist. I'm not the person rolling out the shots here, but that's my understanding just based on uh, feedback from, from some of our listeners. The over 70 is half uh, is a full dose of Moderna, under 70 is a half dose. But again, this is something we'll continue to check out. It basically, this is based on feedback from from uh, listeners. I'll put a question to Dr. Penny Ballum about that today. We'll look forward to that. Uh, and we also have Jason Tetro coming up for the next hour. So, well, Kelsey, that is a really good question for Jason. So Jason um, you can either... Hang on the line or you can call back in. Either way, we'll get your question to Jason Tetro and Keith Baldry. Always a pleasure on Baldry's Beat. And definitely we will be tuned in at 1.30 today for that press briefing with uh, Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry and, and Adrian Dixon. Will a Penny Ballum be present for today's as well? I d- Do you know? I don't think so, but she was a late addition last time. So you never know.